Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Coming up today on The Story. My dream was to eventually go to South America. And so having given that up, um, he's so faithful though. Like he's, he's given me the best time. And I really feel like if I could nail any lesson, if I could preach any lesson from the whole trip, I would just say that the cliche of God is faithful is so real to me now. It's not a cliche anymore. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part two of our conversation with Jordan Olney about his adventures in Africa. As we heard last time, after he finished university, he had dreams of being a millionaire and earning lots of money through real estate. But then the Lord changed his heart and he gave all that up so that he could go to Mozambique to go to Bible school. And then the Lord worked on his heart once again and changed his plans a second time. We'll find out the rest of his story as Jordan continues his chat with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. Okay, well, as we heard last time, the Lord continued to work on your heart. So you gave up everything. You had this house deposit saved up that mm-hmm. you were going to use to buy a house and start off your wealth, your material mm-hmm. wealth That's in real right. estate. But you gave that all up to pay for your trip to go to Bible school in Mozambique. Is that mm-hmm. right? That's right. Yeah, I felt at one stage that the Lord asked me, like, do you trust me with your house deposit? And I knew what that meant. Like, essentially, I was going to be paying for the trip and throwing it away. You know, mm-hmm. some would look at it. But... Yes, I did trust him. Okay, and then your original plan was after 10 weeks at Bible school to then go on to South America to have an adventure over there in Colombia. Yeah, so I was... It was um, all paid for? That's right. So I paid for the flights and all that. Um, I was but gonna, then? But then. <laughs> <laughs> but then, God always... Yeah. Um, but then he brought a missionary couple along my path, and I decided to go and serve them in Tete. Okay, for six months. For six months. So a finite period yeah. of time. That's right. Yeah. And you were starting to share with us last time that you were in charge of seven boys. Mm-hmm. That yep. was part of the ministry work that you did there. Yep. And we're going to find out later there's another but then. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but let's just uh, focus on uh, the first six months you're going to serve there. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've been kind of making you to be a very noble person, giving up all these <laughs> things. But you did have some fun while you were over there. Definitely. <laughs> let's let's hear about that. <laughs> it's important to to work hard and play hard. That's right. And so, tell us about the playing hard. Definitely. So um, quite often we would go out on Zambezi River on our little boat that we had, going to fish for tiger fish, and so they they're these fish with massive teeth. I think I probably went eight times, different mm-hmm. times before I actually got one in. Um, they're very hard to catch, but. On the Zambezi River, you've got your crocodiles, you've got your tigerfish, but you've also got hippos. Oh, my goodness. And hippos... Now, you sure you want it? This was supposed <laughs> to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is fun. And so, okay. being, you know, kind of living life on the edge a little bit, it's, wow. it's fun to me. That's a little bit more <laughs> on the edge than I care to go, but hey, you're the adventurer. <laughs> That's it. And so, 
Hippos, um, aside from mosquitoes, I believe hippos are the number one killer of humans in the whole continent of Africa. This is just sounding better and better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that's like, oh, great, let's go and see some, you know. Um, So quite often whilst we're fishing and drifting on the river, we would see a pod of hippos, you know, maybe a few hundred meters away. Where where you want them, yeah. Which is where you want them, right? (laughs) There was one. There was one story where um, we had. T- I had tied up a rope. It was actually the best knot I'd ever tied, <laughs> like hands down. And I tied up this rope to um, just this little embankment. And so we were fishing off the off the island, and um, we were just all fishing and in this river of death. In the river of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, which sometimes we it was hot, and so sometimes I'd jump in. Oh, to the. <laughs> Just for a few seconds, but if the, or if there was a sandbar, I'd jump in and swim around for a few minutes, keep an eye out. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm I'm just biting my tongue. I'm not even okay. saying anything. Okay. So we're in, we're at this island one time, and um, we're just fishing away, and all of a sudden, about 50 meters away, which really is quite close, I saw the biggest hippo I'd ever seen in my life. Like his head was like a meter and a half long, I would say, just wow. a huge behemoth thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Nick, which is my friend and leader of Pioneer 61, we should go, right? The ministry, he, yeah. he turns around, he's like, we got to go now. <laughs> like, that's way too close. And you said, but this was my best knife. <laughs> exactly. So I'm fumbling around trying not to, trying to get this knot undone. And um, finally, after about 30 seconds, I got it undone, but he was already under the water. And if the hippo. The hippo, they can travel very quickly underwater. So you don't believe know where it, or not. Where it is, though. We don't know where it is. They oh can flip goodness. boats. And quite often, unfortunately, they flip canoes of, of locals you know, yeah. you know, in a canoe. Yeah. And goodbye. Wow. Um, and so that was a just nice, fun little memory that I've got. We got away. I've oh, got, yeah, yeah, okay. I got it's it untied. It yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm here today. So. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But we, it was cool. We also, Too close for comfort. Exactly. But mm-hmm. we also got to do a little bit of hunting as well out in the bush. The mm-hmm. bushveld is what they call it. Um, which in the African safari, just like in the movies? Exactly. Just like the Lion King. Um, so it's, it's a bit different to a safari. But not a cartoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little bit different to the safari per se because yeah. you're you know, trying to get close and this and that you know, mm. with a bow, which is what I was using. Um, so I was able to... You know, have a, have a few really and great you love experiences. Hunting, I love hunting. I'm really the only Australian that I know <laughs> who's really <laughs> passionate about hunting. And so, um, you know, working with mostly American people mm. at the base, um, that was really helpful because <laughs> okay, they're so, into it too. So all that to say that yeah, so all work and no play. Uh, but there exactly. was a little play. Yeah. So, but it was nice being able to hunt things and take all of that meat back to be able to feed our boys. Be able to so it feed. had a practical aspect. Definitely. To it. And so whilst it was a fun challenge as well, it had a bigger function and purpose of being able to feed our boys, being able to feed our workers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of your workers, tell us more about the ministry and working with the boys. Yeah. So um, the ministry essentially has three different facets. Um, one of them being these boys, the street boys, um, growing them up, giving them opportunity to chase dreams and things like that, teaching them the gospel, um, which was my main role. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also be involved in the other two facets, which we would have workers, so grown men from the village that we stayed at or where the base is. So the grown men would come and we would teach them trades, um, essentially carpentry, all things construction. And so, Did you know this stuff? 
I don't know anything about construction. <laughs> I was going to say, how, yeah, studying psychology. What, what are you doing with exactly? So I was I'm more involved into in the mentoring and oh, okay. prayer yep. and things mm-hmm. like that, and being their friend, like buying materials for them. Mm-hmm. So every morning we would pray and do a devotion together, and again, like just seeing them go from A to B over this time that I was there was just so rewarding. So ministering um, to the construction workers in yeah. addition to your boys. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so it, it was awesome to be able to hear stories of those guys then going out and helping people in their community using the skills that they've now got mm-hmm. to build a, a roof for the widow mama mm-hmm. who's next to them yeah. and preach the gospel to them and things like that. Um, we would also play hard too. So every Friday we would, you know, oh, play, playing. Yeah. <laughs> so we would play <laughs> soccer together oh, okay. um, on the, you know, big sand football pitch that we had close by and man i tell you what that's tough (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. the other facet of the ministry is working with ladies that have come out of brothels Mm -hmm. and that's that's a challenging part of the ministry because there's a lot of brokenness and strongholds that need to be dealt with in that kind of ministry um i'm not heavily involved in that just because i'm a single guy Mm -hmm. you know you just got to be wise yeah um However, there were times where we would go to the brothels, like an active brothel, with some of the ladies that had come out, and we would go and minister to the current ladies that were... So, you would escort them? Yeah, essentially. So, we would go and feed the ladies that were working there. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, it's hard for me as a single guy to look outside and see a line of young men outside waiting for us to finish ministry. That's really hard for me to see. And so, like, part of me wants to walk up and slap them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, what are you doing? Like, you're causing trauma. and Yeah. Not only to them, but to yourself, too. Yeah. It's just, but um, that's kind of a little bit of a normal thing. It's just, So, you and your team, yeah. female workers, yeah. are ministering to them. Yeah. Because they're basically being taught that they're not worth a lot. Exactly. They're just being used. I hate, yeah. hate to put it that way, but yeah. that's basically For what's happening. Basically, 50 cents in the US, hmm. and that's all it takes. So, understandably, they yeah. would have a low self-image, yeah, low def- view of themselves. Yeah, and def- a lack of identity, hmm. essentially. So, and, and so, you're trying to minister to them and yeah. let them know that God loves them, and yeah. they're worth a lot. They're priceless. Yeah, exactly. And so, meanwhile, outside, there's... Somebody telling them you're not worth more than 50 cents. Pretty much. And wow. so it's a tough... It's, That's heartbreaking. It's huh? a bit of an uphill battle sometimes, mm. um, but someone's got to fight it. Mm. And so yeah. um, it was. it's a real honor to be able to minister to them and teach them about identity, that they are daughters of God mm-hmm. and that they have value and that they, have, they can have their own dreams and visions. They're not just there to be used. Mm. And, mm. you know, the truth is God has created them in his own image Amen. and they have maximum value to yeah. him Have just there been as much some as success stories um yeah crazy success stories so we've we've had um over 15 like we've got 15 ladies roughly that have come out and they now um create jewelry use their hands so our our ladies um in the ministry team mm-hmm. have have taught them skills like practical and so they create jewelry and send it over to the united states and actually sell that jewelry that jewelry actually pays them a wage oh and wow. so they don't have to work yeah. in the brothels yeah and whilst they are in this uh, ministry called white as snow we teach them also practical but also um we disciple them a lot and go through a lot of prayer ministry getting them free 
um, teaching them about identity. So for a, quite a while there, I, I took them through the Alpha course, mm-hmm. um, which is you know kind of like a beginner, beginners yep. believers um, course, mm-hmm. and just asking the big questions like why do we believe what what we believe, who is God, what does He say about you, you know. Um, so it was great to be able to work with all three facets of the ministry. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting once again with Jordan Olney, who's been sharing about his adventures in Africa and the ministry work he's been doing there. Next, we'll find out about a new adventure he'll be going on when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with a young man named Jordan Olney, who's been sharing about his adventures in Africa and all the ministry work he's been doing there. As we heard before the break, he's been working with street kids, construction workers, and also ladies that have come out of brothels. Next, we'll hear more about his ministry work and also about a new exciting adventure that Jordan will be going on. There was one time where um, one of these ladies, she had come to me and she said, hey, can I please have a lift home? Um, My neighbor is really sick, the guy right next door. Mm. Um, And I said, okay, you know, let's go and pray for him. And so we got there, me and my friend Logan, and we got there and we saw this guy. And I tell you what, I've never seen anything like this guy. Like his his whole arm was like the width of my wrist. Mm. And I have small wrists. Yeah. Like he was malnourished basically bones and um he was just lying on this mattress that was you know only a few centimeters thin Mm. and that's all he had in this concrete room and um this guy was he looked like death essentially i had heard that he hadn't eaten in days or weeks and um he couldn't move he couldn't stand up he couldn't do anything he had malaria which roughly uh, the the medication for malaria there in Australian dollars would be about sixteen to twenty dollars, but he couldn't afford that. Mm. So he, you know, once you get malaria, you don't treat it, and you're you're in a bad place mm. in a few yep. days. Yep. So it doesn't take long to to die. And so he had malaria, and I believe he had tuberculosis as well. Um, he also had a liver disease at the same time. So wow. he was not in a good place. Yeah, and um, we prayed for him and. I kind of tried to hand it off to my friend Logan, who's a bit older than me, and, you know, submit to... <laughs> but he was like, no, you're doing a great job. Just keep going for it. And so I was like, all right, God, we're just going to go for it. So we I ended up praying for this guy and just prayed for complete healing and this and that. The next day, I had heard from this lady who introduced me to him. Um, the next day, I heard that he stood up, had something to eat, and then walked to a completely separate village like a few kilometers away wow. to tell his friends that he'd been healed. Wow. Just, and, and I'm like, are you serious? Almost. Like, <laughs> I know that's what I prayed for, but yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. And so it was awesome to hear that he, you know, all of a sudden gets healed and he's now talking to other people, showing them what happened. I went back to him a few days later 
and actually shared the full gospel with him. So I'm not the one who healed you. It was Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, he loves you and he's got a plan for you. And so he was able to receive the gospel and gave his heart to the Lord, which was just wow. an awesome experience Fantastic. for yeah. me to go through. Yeah. And so, and just to see the healing power that the Lord has. Um, that's not where the story ends, though, because two weeks after that, I heard that he got sick again. And some might say, oh, well, he probably just felt good that day and he was still sick. But with malaria, like, it's a few days. And so I know he was healed for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And so, but a few weeks later, he gets sick again. And before I can even get there, he dies. Mm. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> what Lord, happened to the happy ending? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. he just, like, he's a new Christian and all of this. And yeah. straight away, I, I was at peace, though. And I felt the Lord say that if you hadn't had gone and been obedient and prayed with him when you did, he wouldn't be with me now. Mm. And so without that healing, without that open door to minister to him, he wouldn't be dancing in the presence of the Lord right now. Mm. And so that to me put my heart at rest and really is one of the staple staple moments and staple memories of this whole thing. Um, it's about being obedient and giving God your yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we've seen this recurring trend that you were going to do one thing, but then the Lord <laughs> kind of shows you something else. Yeah. So your vision at this point in the story mm-hmm. was to serve in this ministry. It's called Pioneer 61. 61 mm-hmm. And you're serving the boys and helping out in these other areas of the ministry. Yep. And you told them you would do that for six months. Yeah. But... The Lord is working on your heart. What's happening now in your life? So, six months originally was a stretch for me. And I was like, I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going home. But I just, part of me was just there now. And I loved being able to serve. I loved seeing, starting to see fruit. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't leave. And so, you know, almost a year later goes by and I've served my six months. But I'm just like, I want to be here. And so mm. I just stayed and for, you know, almost a whole year. Another phone call to your parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, they were fully supportive mm-hmm. and very gracious in allowing me to go after what I believed the Lord was telling me. And so it was really cool to be able to be a part of it for longer. But then the leaders, Nick and Marlene Boyd of Pioneer 61, they, they went on a trip to the UK. And so after that, they had come back and said... Over just this, we were in a circle around a fire that night and they, they turned to me and they, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, and for this boy, we've got plans for this boy. And I was like, okay, like I hadn't heard anything about mm. this, but all of a sudden they've talked to people and pastors in the UK and he told me, he said, we've got plans for you. If you're willing, we want to send you to the UK and all throughout Europe for a whole year to go around and be trained by all of these different pastors and church leaders all throughout different places. So what it looks like essentially is a month or two longer in the UK, a month in Portugal, Serbia, Spain, Poland, and Sweden, and all of these different countries. Crazy. With the purpose um, of? With the purpose of being trained pastorally, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of in my blood. It's it's where I feel called to be, a pastor. Um, Mm -hmm trained pastorally and also trained in church planting. And so these people from the UK have done church plants all throughout Europe. So I'm going to see how it's been done in different cultures 
and take notes essentially. And so the goal of that for a whole year would be to come back and they've asked me to come back and to plant the church, the Pioneer 61 church in Mozambique um, with all of the workers and, you know, to hopefully bring the gospel in a, in a bigger way to that village and that community. Wow. <laughs> Definitely different from what I <laughs> originally set out to do. Well, let's just kind of review. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty far from your original vision of being a real yeah. estate millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. But step by step, I mean, if yeah. the Lord had told you. No way. <laughs> from the beginning, oh, this is where it's going to end up. You probably would have said no way. Probably, yeah. But step by step, you just yeah. tugged your heart. Yeah. If he had said, look, I want you to go overseas for 14 months, I would have been like, probably no way. Hmm. Just because of the mountain that it looks like. Yeah. But he's so gracious that he, he gave it to me step by step and piece by piece. And now after this 14 months, now he's given me the vision and the, the next few years, uh, maybe potentially five-year plan of doing this thing and then coming back to Mozambique to really serve Pioneer 61 in a, in a bigger way. So what this all means is mm. you're planning on being there long-term. Yeah, semi-long-term. Um, I'd never planned that when I originally went to the school in mm-hmm. Pemba. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Lord has different ideas. My dream was to eventually go to South America, remember? Yeah. Um, and so having given that up, um, he's so faithful, though. Like, he's he's given me the best time. And I really feel like if I could nail any lesson, if I could preach any lesson mm-hmm. from the whole trip or summarize it all, I would just say that the cliche of God is faithful is so real to me now. It's not mm-hmm. a cliche anymore. Mm-hmm. And all throughout my childhood growing up in church, and I would always hear that probably a million times. Oh, yeah. God is so yeah. faithful. Yep. And I would you know, sometimes just say that just as a filler because, you know, that's what you yeah, say. That's because that's what you say. Mm. But it, it's so real to me now. Like, there was this time where only a f- very few times did I put it on Facebook that I needed financial support. Like, this is what I'm doing. If you feel led to give, mm-hmm. then here's the, my PayPal link. But, you know, it had been a few months since I had put that out there. And out of nowhere, it's one o'clock at, in the morning. And um, I'm in bed and this notif- my phone goes off notification and it says, um, it's an email from PayPal. And your e-check has been processed. And I was like, I didn't send any e-checks or anything. And I scrolled down and it was $5,000. Wow. And I was like, no way. <laughs> like, I didn't believe it. For <laughs> I had to open it up. And, yeah. And, like, it was just amazing to see. And I could see who it was from. And I tell you what, when you're serving the Lord in this kind of way, quite often you'll find that support comes from the people that you least expect. Mm-hmm. And this person was the very least that I would expect. Um, the brother, the younger brother, so roughly about 20, 21 type age of my friend from school. And so I know him. I know of him. I'm not friends with him. And I messaged him afterwards and on Facebook. I said, like, thank you so much. You don't know how much that means to me. Like, I really needed that. Yeah, yeah. Confirmation. <laughs> like, right, right now, yeah. And coming from a 21-year-old, I was just really blown away. I know that that $5,000 means a lot to him. Yeah. Much more than some of the millionaire friends that he I've got. He could have put a know? deposit down for a house. <laughs> <laughs> he very much could have. But, but, but maybe that's the beginning of his adventure with the Lord. But it was really encouraging for me to see that 
that 5,000 came from someone who really could have used it mm. or really potentially needed it. Whereas I know many people who it would be easy to give up $5,000. It wouldn't mean anything. Mm. Yeah. But it came from him. Yeah. And he messaged me back and he said, no problem, mate. I'm glad it could help. I'm just obeying what the Lord asked me to do. Wow. And I was like, yes, like <laughs> God is so good. He is so faithful. And so when he calls you to do something, he'll always make a way. So right now, my house deposit's essentially gone, right? Mm-hmm. And so for this whole next trip, uh, a year in Europe is not cheap. And so, but I know without shadow of a doubt that God is going to be faithful. He's going to provide everything that I need. Yeah. Well, what more can we say? Uh, it's been quite an adventure. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that adventure with us. No problem. It was a pleasure. Well, that was part two of Eric Scadabo's conversation with Jordan Olney, sharing about his adventures in Africa. And as we just heard, his adventures will next extend to Europe before he finally returns to Africa again. It's amazing that at such a young age, Jordan's only in his early 20s, he's experienced so much and has grown so much in his relationship with the Lord. It's rare to see that kind of maturity in a person of his age. We pray that he continues to seek the Lord's will for his life and that the Lord will continue to use him to do remarkable things. As it says in the Bible, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it certainly sounds like God has wonderful plans in store for Jordan. To find out more about the ministry he's involved in in Mozambique, the website is pioneer sixty one. That's pioneer61.org. Well, thanks for joining us for Jordan's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I set off to go to Scotland for three months, and then I'm off to Mozambique to start this church planting phase. But then COVID hit. So that three months turned into six months, and the plan was to go down to England and to fly out to Africa, back to Mozambique. And that flight actually got cancelled. And so one week turned into eight months. Jordan Olney was invited to Europe to train for ministry. But while he was there, the global pandemic hit and he was stuck for months. We'll hear how God turns the whole situation around and helps Jordan fulfil one of his dreams next time. The story. the story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.